Welcome back to Range Anxiety. I'm your host, Martin Donnan, and I'm bringing you 30 years of automotive experience in 30 minutes from the inside of my Tesla Model 3 this morning on the way out to do some work. You'll probably hear it clinging and beeping and making all of the crazy noises that it does um, when you're driving along. Thanks, Elon. Um, but we have something really important to discuss today hot news I suppose you could call it first up feedback got a lot actually on the last two episodes the two episodes that had uh, both Nixtra Kaizen and Lance Ridgeway in them as guests people love hearing about other people's experiences this is very clear so it's something that I'll be looking to bring a lot more of to you but today though it's just me um, I go to work by myself and excuse the road noise from the Tesla, but it's really important to do this cast from the Tesla this morning because we are going to talk all things Tesla today. I told you I wouldn't waffle on too much about EVs, my great passion. However, last week there was some pretty incredible news that came out of what is known as Battery Day. Battery Day is something that Tesla do once a year or 18 months. I'm not actually sure how often they do it. And this year's was delayed quite significantly by the COVID pandemic. But Battery Day was on September 22 and it went for a few hours. It was held in a, a car park uh, with everyone sitting inside their cars listening rather than being um, in a crowd due to restrictions in California. And, you know, there was, it took a long time for people to absorb what came out of Battery Day because not everyone understands the high-tech world of, of how these cathodes and anodes work to produce an efficient EV battery. And, yeah, Tesla had some great things, and they're building a plant. And, you know, by the end of, by 2030, they're going to be supplying the whole world's electricity, you know, demand, and wowee, awesome stuff. But right towards the end was this little nugget of information. And Elon was talking away, you know, in his normal, you know, sure, uh, yeah, we're gonna do this. He introduced the much-awaited Tesla Model S Plaid Edition. Now, this thing has some incredible stats, like totally mind-blowing. They're talking naught to 100 kilometers an hour in less than two seconds. Nothing currently you can buy as a registered road car does less than two seconds, naught to a hundred. They're talking naught to 400 meters or the quarter mile in less than nine seconds, which is again, faster than anything you can buy right now. They're talking estimated range or an EPA range of greater than 800 kilometers between charges and they showed some which is which is amazing by the way uh, you, you know you need a diesel van or a ute to do that and then drive it very carefully and then they started talking about um lap times and they actually showed a model s played edition uh lapping laguna seca in one minute 30 and they believe that with a little more testing, they should get it into about a 27 there. Whether they do or not, it's a different thing. And if they do that, that'll be faster than, say, a McLaren Senna around the same track. So they believe they already have the fastest 
production car in production guys to ever lap Laguna Seca. So this thing is not a toy. And just to make sure that it's not like that plethora of EVs that you can order now for delivery in 2022 or, you know, express interest now, Tesla started that morning, Australian time, taking firm orders for the car. That's right, you could jump online, pay a deposit, and it wasn't like a $100 or $180 Cybertruck deposit, it was a you know, $1,500 deposit for delivery late 21. So of course we did the logical thing and jumped online and on that Tesla account and put down an order, thinking that this might just be a bit of pie in the sky. Sure enough, sure enough, we get a phone call that afternoon from Tesla Australia saying, look, we will thank you for your order, this thing is happening, this thing is real, we won't be getting it to you in Australia by late 21, think like more early 2022, however, your order is in the system, your car will be built, and that's pretty exciting. People are going, oh yeah, but it's 2022 before you get the car. Uh, yeah, it's not unusual to have like a 12 to 18 month wait when you order a car. You can get that with some Porsches, you can get that with all sorts of new models. So that's, you know, not too bad. I think I actually waited like nine months for a Nissan Navara of all things. Yeah, you know, I wish I hadn't in the end, but I did. So the wait happens when you're ordering a specialist car, but the product is real. So once the naysayers have gone, oh, this is bullshit, it's, they're not going to make it, they realise that, you know, Musk normally rolls up his sleeves and gets it done. The timelines might not be too tight or too accurate sometimes, but the car, <coughs> excuse me, it's very cold here this morning, the car always happens. And this, I have 100% confidence that we will see the Model S Plate Edition. But what a silly name. Well, it's silly if you don't understand how Tesla named their cars. We've got the Model S has ludicrous speed, ludicrous plus speed. It has warp drive, and now it has played powertrain. All of those terms that Musk uses come from the 1980s, I think it was, late 80s movie, Spaceballs, which was like a, a parody comedy sort of movie about going into space, like the Kentucky Fried movie of Star Trek, I suppose you could call it. And this is where, when warp drive wasn't fast enough, that's when they engaged played, and that's exactly what Musk has done here. Now, his hand has been forced with this car, because we have another company that's come on stream, and I believe they're a real company, rather than the vaporware peddlers. Uh, the company's name is Lucid. Terrible name, in my opinion, for, you know, a luxury performance EV. Oh, I've got my Lucid, my Lucid Air. And this thing ripped out straight out the box, even though, again, you can't get one just yet. This thing ripped straight out the box a nine second quarter mile. And they're taking orders now. But I think it ran like a nine six and it did a one minute 33 around Laguna Seca. So you know the whole time Musk was watching this and he had this played thing stuffed under his arm. And as soon as Lucid came out and said, We've done this. He's just gone bang and bought out the plate edition and just knocked him on the head. This is kind of like the old muscle car wars of the 70s where GM and Ford and, and Chrysler used to go against each other. And they, they don't seem to have that same spirit now. They're probably too busy putting all their effort into making an EV that they can actually bring to market at some stage. 
But the muscle car wars have moved now into EVs, and that is a really telling thing because that's obviously where the manufacturers are seeing the future. Well, it's obviously where I see the future. That That's no secret. So, back to the played edition. Very, very, very few details exist on this, uh, on the technical side of it. First up, pricing. In Australia, drive away with all of our big taxes, you're going to be looking at about $240,000. People are going, what? $240,000 for an electric car? You've got to be kidding me. Well, let's put that into perspective. The, one of the people that said this is trying to save up for a Dodge Demon and wants to spend 300 plus thousand Australian dollars for something that's about half as fast. Um, in my opinion, doesn't do anything at all better. And in this country has a very limited warranty and potentially very little resale. So it, it is nothing against Dodge Demons. I don't mind them at all. However, how you put this eight second quarter mile Tesla into the mix. Remember, it's a production car that'll run an eight, has a factory warranty, don't need to touch it, and it's $240,000. That to me is an absolute bargain. In this country, you won't even buy, oh, what do you get for $240,000 second hand? Um, oh, and four-year-old GD3, uh, Oh, what else? Eight-year-old McLaren. You know, you, you and none of these cars have the performance. They do have a badge. And they do have cred. But what the Tesla is offering, if you want to wear earplugs so you don't hear the lack of noise, and you want to wear a blindfold so you don't have to look at it like it's a sedan, the actual sledgehammer acceleration and performance, people are going, but you don't know that, Martin. You don't know how fast it's going to be. All I can tell you is that normally when Tesla make a performance claim for their cars, it sticks. The only time it hasn't stuck is in the past with Top Gear, where Top Gear have been caught kind of um, altering the results for entertainment purposes. Like, for example, there was a test against the Porsche, as we call it, the Porsche Toucan, back in November. Now I've got nothing against the Taycan. I think that is a wonderful car, just a doesn't go very far, you know, like you don't want to have to charge it every day, but you do, if you drive any distance. Um, Top Gear lined up the Model S against the Taycan, and the Taycan beat it in the straight line races, which it shouldn't, if you look at the stats on paper. People are going, see, Tesla fudge their results. Well, yes and no. Um, the problem is, when you race a Tesla, the eye in the sky watches you the whole time, so the mothership, as they they call the Tesla big computer in Fremont. I think it's in Fremont, it might be in LA, in Hawthorne. Um, it can log in and it can have a look at the settings on the car and sure enough, um, Top Gear had the car in what's called range mode, which is like you racing your new Mercedes in eco mode. And they showed it being slower than the Porsche, but you could clearly see it was pulling away from it up until where range mode kicked in at about you know, where the effects of it were felt from probably 70 mile an hour onwards. And then the quarter mile time they used for the Model S, which was not even the current model, it was a non-Raven edition, so slower again, 
were from a test they'd done years ago. So it came up with an 11.0, which is, you know, desperately slow for a Model S. They were at a 10, ooh, 10.5 or 6 all day normally on road tyres. They admitted that the best they could get this car to do on the day was an 11.2. So they pulled some performance times up from two years ago in another test, I think it was in 2017, where the car did an 11.0. So the times they used in the story, <coughs> excuse me, weren't even the times that the car did on the day. Absolute craziness. So Top Gear's an entertainment show and they do a great job and, and you know, they're funny guys, or they were. But don't read too much into that. Read the, into the numbers that Joe Blow is getting off the street. And any forum is full of 10.4s, 10.5s, 10.6s out of a Model S. And that's what Tesla have always claimed. That's what they do. So that way, I don't believe there's any reason you couldn't believe that the plate edition is going to be a seriously fast car. Now, how do they do this? I know what a Model S looks like underneath. I spent a bit of time under there digging around for the development of my own uh, DTEC EV parts. And I can tell you, oh, listen to that loud ice car. That was a Magna for those that uh, are Australians. What a collector's item. I spent a lot of time digging around under the Model S. And, and I know that this is an old platform for Tesla. This is an old floor pan. So for this new third motor, the tri-motor that they're going to put in the plaid, they're not going to be stuffing it in front of the rear motor or behind the front motor because there simply isn't enough room in the floor pan and I do not believe for such a limited edition model they're going to do a complete floor pan redesign no 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 I also noted a tweet from Musk I think it was about April last year where he kind of referred to the plate edition or the tri-motor technology the third motor as being like alien technology it's that good <clears throat> so I had a bit of a dig around looked under the car I know Tesla with their engineering and, and their whole sort of infrastructure as a company they don't go towards the front-wheel drive eco style car everything is rear-wheel drive with front-wheel drive added to it the handling is always biased rear-wheel drive they're biased like sports cars not like compact commuters and that that again is also what makes them differ from the run-of-the-mill EV that you might find coming out shortly so there is no room but there is in the back of the Model S a slightly older power unit powertrain motor design that is different from the current permanent magnet Model 3 and Model S Raven units so I believe what's going to happen with the third motor is that it's going to be incorporated into the rear transaxle. So we will have direct drive to each wheel at the rear and one power unit or motor at the front that just drives the fronts. So we'll have um, really accurate and really effective torque vectoring of the rear power unit, being able to split its torque really neatly with a lot and a lot of it at that. They're talking uh, greater than 1100 horsepower where the current Model S Raven that does a 10.2 is around 760 to 780 horsepower. That's a lot of kilowatts in anyone's language, a lot of horsepower, a lot of actual grunt. So I believe, and I watched the in-car footage that Tesla were kind enough to provide with their race driver in the car 
at Laguna Seca and the car did seem a little bit more understeery than normal from what you know from what I could see and that comes down to a lot of things from you know suspension setup um, to tires to even the way it's you know the, the lines that they're hitting the, the lines that the driver was hitting were, were pretty darn good this guy was a driver not a meathead so to me it looks like they do have a lot more power at the rear but they had it dialed in their their track mode which they had quite um, handily not displayed on the dash for the video to try and neutralize the inherent oversteer that the system's got and obviously to try and mask the amount of weight that the car's carrying so yeah that's my prediction for the tri-motor plate edition is that there'll be two motors at the rear with a common single gear differential um, there will be no two-speed in this car like you know, Tesla simply do not believe in multi-speed transmissions I mean I'm happy with that gearboxes just break more than anything when you're mucking around with you know different amounts of gears and they will use lots of their uh, proprietary and really really tricky software to make the thing work seamlessly and go like a sledgehammer the real trick they're going to have is that they are now or I think they're already if you drive a Model S Raven as often as I do and you know feed it the beans they're already at the limits of what a tyre can do there was much talk with the Roadster that it's going to be so much faster even again that they'll have to use like cold gas thrusters like a spaceship SpaceX thruster to get the acceleration times because it won't be a tyre capable of putting the torque to the ground effectively and this will be the biggest challenge having a seamless and high-tech traction control system that doesn't stutter and rob the car of acceleration because getting to a hundred or sixty mile an hour in under two seconds is pure, pure drag car stuff that normally requires a special tyre and a prep surface. And Elon's sort of like, no, no, we'll uh, sure do this badass, super cool thing on road tyres. And that, that will be the key. So, you know, unlike your Demons and your special one-off edition Mustangs and all of these confusing sticker supercharged specials, you won't need to put on special tyres, go to a special drag strip, have a special amount of rollout, and you know, on special weather conditions, and then have the track sprayed with rubber to make it really, really special so you can actually launch. You can just pull up, go bang, put your foot down, gone. And that is the whole key to actually every model in the Tesla Ranger's performance. Even the base model, Model 3 SR Plus, and yeah, we have one of those, I often cast out of it, that thing doesn't ought to 100 in high fours, but it will do it every time on every surface. And even in streaming wet conditions, we'll do a five something, which just shows how good the traction and the software for traction is already. So what about the weight? The Model S Raven, the current car, is no lightweight. I think off the top of my head, without looking at stats, it's around with its 100 kilowatt an hour battery pack. It's around 2,300 kilos. It's a monster heavy thing. And you know, you can feel it when you punt it into a corner on the air suspension. You know, it's a big cruiser with a just a shed load of power. To put even more battery into the plate, so you know, you can, the third motor is going to use a lot more power. So to get even better range again than the existing S has, 
is going to require possibly a bigger battery. I don't think it will. I think we're going to stay around that 100 to 110 kilowatt hour mark with the batteries in these things. Um, and they're going to do it by using their new 4680 or whatever it is that they released at Battery Day, which is the new supersized battery known as the Biscuit Tin, which is like something like, uh, no one really knows yet, but they were bouncing around numbers of 20% more efficient, 16% more power handling, 20 something percent better range. All I know is this, that the Roadrunner factory that they've commissioned, it's a pilot plant already at Fremont in California, is already making these batteries and all of the good spies out there are already saying there are test cars running around with these batteries in them. This will be, you know, the battery that outlasts the vehicle. This is the million mile battery, even though they haven't tagged their tabless design as such. All of that means the Plaid will probably, with some other lightning improvements and the new battery design, the new lighter technology will probably come in still at around the 2300 kilogram mark which means you won't be fighting an even you know bigger lead ball at the end of a piece of string when you go to swing it around a corner and you know 2300 again i'll say it is a lot of weight these things are heavy but i also remember when the r35 gdr came out wow 1680 17 20 or whatever it was kilograms that's a lot of weight this thing will never be fast and now you know, that's the nor some decade plus later, that's kind of the norm for most any car to weigh. And like a Model 3 Performance weighs the same as a GDR and has more power. So the whole weight thing is a problem. The, high, the, the, the bigger the weight gets, the harder it is for everything to do its job. So Tesla are gonna have to mask this with tricky tire selection, tricky, uh, software development and tricky suspension. Did I say suspension? No, I said tire development. Sorry, there's a bit of traffic around now. We're on a, we're on a bit of a freeway time for autopilot. I have no doubt at all in my mind that Tesla will hit the ground running with this. I have no doubt at all in my mind that we will get our car in 2022. It will come from Fremont, not Giga, Texas and it will be limited run you know not everyone's gonna fork over 240 grand for a tesla even though before the current price cuts they were doing that six years ago for like a p90 um so yeah put that into perspective again it's here the model s plate is here and it's going to turn the whole automotive spectrum upside down that i can guarantee you it's gonna cause a lot of tears from the shorters and those that don't like Tesla and it's going to cause a lot of fanboys like me to be waffling on on various podcasts about their electric Jesus and how he's saving the world one quarter mile at a time. Personally, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Eight second warranted streetcar that looks cool. You can put five people in and we'll do everything and we'll go for 800 Ks between charges. It really doesn't get much better than that and it shows a pathway to the future where our conventional auto manufacturers are going to have to rethink what they do to even keep up or just start saying and using that old chestnut ours sounds better so you should buy that well yep i'm not uh, i'm not swallowing that anymore get on board everyone 
I'm going to sign off now because I actually have to go into a fuel station, but not to buy fuel, just so I can touch my phone and press save recording. So thank you for signing in. This was a bit of a news piece more than anything else, but I thought I'd get in there first and tell you what the plague's all about, in my opinion. Time will tell whether I'm right or not, and it will be very, very interesting to see. So thank you for signing in. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon.